0: Welcome to this podcast, streamlining your clinic using heart logic. I'm Roy Gardner. I'm a consultant cardiologist in the Scottish National Advanced Heart Failure Service at the Golden Jubilee National Hospital in Glasgow in the United Kingdom. I have an interest in heart failure and devices, and I'm also chair elect to the British Society for Heart Failure. And I'm joined today by Dr. Sanjeev Pedkar, who's a senior consultant cardiologist with a specialist interest in electrophysiology and devices based in Wolverhampton in England in the United Kingdom. And we're going to talk a bit more about how he uses heart logic in his clinic environment. Now everyone tuning into this podcast is aware that heart failure is common. It affects around one to 2% of the adult population and increases in prevalence as age uh, rises. And of course, heart failure is associated with significant morbidity and mortality as well as frequent hospitalizations. And for that reason, hospitalizations is really an expensive component of heart failure care. Now, I've been involved in heart logic for around about a decade as a, and I was an investigator for the multi-sense study and as many of the people tuning in will know, this was a 900-patient study using a Boston Cognos CRT defibrillator, which had a suite of sensors that could listen to heart sounds, the first and third heart sound, as well as parameters of ventilation, thoracic impedance, so on and so forth. And of course, together, this allows us to triage our heart failure patients in more detail. And for that reason, it's fantastic to have Sanjeev Petkar with us because he's been using HeartLogic now clinically for a two year period. And his expertise is very valuable for us when we're considering using it in our own practice. So uh, hello, Sanjeev, how are you?
1: Uh, Thank you, Professor Gardner.
0: Um, so can I start with the first question is, can you tell me about the logistics around Heart Logic and how this is set up within your hospital?
1: Um, Professor Gardner, uh, let me sort of start off by giving you an idea in the centre which I work in. So it is a tertiary care cardiac centre. And so it has facilities both for cardiothoracic surgery as well as cardiology. We are one of the four tertiary care centres in the Midlands. And focusing on cardiology, we offer primary PCI 24-7. We have a very active TAVI service. We have a range of non-invasive uh, investigations, which includes CT, angio, and MRI. And we have a, quite an active uh, complex as well as simple device service. We, on an average, implant about 600 devices per year. And as you've already mentioned, we uh, started using Heart Logic uh, about a couple of years ago. So the way the Heart Logic works uh, at the New Cross Hospital in Wolverhampton is that once it is activated, then the cardiac physiologists uh, they monitor Heart Logic alerts using the Latitude system, and if there is a Heart Logic alert of more than 16, then they basically get in touch with the heart failure nurses. And sort of going into a bit more detail about uh, the uh, the device service and the heart failure service, uh, we have uh, many uh, cardiac physiologists who are highly trained. Some of them are IBHRE uh, accredited as well as the British Heart Rhythm Society accredited and every day, um, they, they would monitor the latitude. And as you know that uh, as far as heart logic is concerned, you get alerts uh, every every week. Um, the other important thing is that in terms of logistic is that we, we don't tend to work in silos. So uh, as soon as there is a heart logic alert, then uh, the heart failure nurses are contacted. And to give you an idea about a heart failure service, um, We have again, many heart failure nurses who work under a specialist heart failure consultant. We have in reach as well as outreach services and uh, the heart failure nurses um, see patients in the hospital as well as in the community. So in terms of the logistics and in response to your your question, uh, the actual heart logic alerts are basically first uh, seen uh, by the cardiac physiologists. they then get in touch with the heart failure nurses who then contact the patient and the consultants in heart failure as well as those implanting complex devices are in a supervisory role.
0: Thank you very much. and you know that was always one of my concerns when you have an alert system is how that that is acted upon. We've seen other instances with other types of system. That these have led to an increase in hospitalisation rather than what is intended and that's managing patients better and trying to prevent unnecessary admission and as you know generally you have around about a month's notice when you get an alert before a period of decompensation occurs I truly believe it should be sensible people looking at meaningful data so I think it's interesting that you, you've got your device physiologists looking at latitude and then liaising with their colleagues, as you say, your heart failure nurse. So what is the role of the nurse in the management of heart logic alerts?
1: What is it they do? So uh, the, uh, the, the heart failure nurses not only manage uh, the heart logic alerts, but they manage the heart failure service. And uh, as, you, as, 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 as in most other places in the UK, our heart failure nurses have usually a background uh, of many years in cardiology, most of them have worked on the cardiology ward and they've worked on the coronary care units. They are then sort of looking to subspecialize, and that is where they come into the heart failure service. Um, the reason why I'm saying that is because it's 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 highlighting the fact that they have got a huge amount of clinical experience in dealing with patients with cardiac problems and heart failure. So part of the, uh, the, the complement of heart failure nurses are also prescribers. So that is very helpful as far as, coming, uh, as managing patients with heart failure are concerned. So the way it is set up is that you have the uh, GP who is the primary care provider and the hospital which is the secondary care provider and the heart failure nurses act as an intermediary they basically speak to the patients, they assess the patients. Uh, if there is any concerns, they highlight it to the GP. If they feel that, uh, that apart from medical therapy, that such patients can be a- escalated for other treatment like complex devices, they would bring it to the attention of, of the relevant specialists. So I think it's it, they are the key uh, uh, key people to deliver a proper heart failure service. And given the fact that they have so much of experience um, and they're also prescribers, uh, I think they are the ideal people to take care of patients with heart failure, whether they have complex devices or not. So I agree with
0: you. I think in the United Kingdom, we're we're very... uh, lucky to have such an army of heart failure nurses and indeed many of ours are prescribers as well. Now, of course, that's a luxury we have in the UK. It seems to be creeping out into other countries. Of course, it's important for our colleagues in other countries to consider the best way to run their system. But um, having a large group of patients monitored with Heart Logic, how do you make sure it leads
1: to less work rather than more work? Very good question, Professor Gardner. Um, I think we have to see the heart logic as uh, something which is complementary to a standard heart failure service. So essentially uh, what we do is once there is um, a a person who is diagnosed with heart failure, uh, initial medication is prescribed and optimization of this heart failure medication is done by the heart failure nurses. Quite a lot of these patients are already known to the heart failure, heart failure nurses, and the heart logic is a, a, an additional tool to identify those patients who would be uh, decompensating or have more needs. And as you're very well aware that though all patients have heart failure, there are individual differences among these patients with heart failure. We find that some patients are very stable on medical therapy for long periods of time, and there are others whose uh, need for for input from healthcare professionals is is, is quite high. So When we basically look at our own data, and we have uh, close to about 145 patients who have been monitored with HeartLogic over the last couple of years, and we have looked at heart failure nurses utilization and heart failure. We've interrogated the heart failure database and we find that the number of times the heart failure nurses have contacted the patient uh, is a median of about four. But out of these uh, four appointments, uh, two thirds of them have been routine heart failure appointments, which also is the, the linchpin so essentially, we know that if there is good medical therapy, if the doses are titrated uh, to appropriate levels, we are anyway basically a decreasing mortality, decreasing hospitalization. And on top of that, if you have something like Heart Logic, it is giving you an early warning, warning, warning that these patients might decompensate. And it's more sensitive than what the clinical parameters can determine whether the person is, is, is going to decompensate and at a much much earlier stage.
0: You're right, and of course, the sensors are physiologically relevant sensors, things that you would expect So somebody who's decompensating. If they're congested, the third heart sound goes up, their contractility goes down, the first heart sound diminishes in amplitude. So it's a very physiologically relevant suite of sensors. So how does it help you focus on the sicker patients that you have? in in
1: your patient group? So we uh, looked at some data, Professor Gardner, uh, over the course of the last two years, and we were fortunate to have a group of patients uh, who had heart logic alert on their devices prior to COVID, and the same patients were seen uh, during the COVID period so they were acting as their own controls and we have a small group of about 50 patients and what we found in this uh, in this in this in the analysis of this data is that not many of the heart failure patients actually had covid so this was their sort of natural uh, history of heart failure without adequate heart failure services on board because there was a lot of heart failure nurses who were deployed elsewhere to to cope with the pandemic We found that it did not make any difference as to whether they had an ICD or a CRTD. We did find that those patients who had an ischemic etiology of heart failure had more of problems during the COVID period. We also found that patients um, who had previous alerts during the non-COVID period were more likely to have alerts during the COVID period. the duration of alert was longer, and also the peak alert value was higher. And this is suggesting that those patients who were unstable even before um, the COVID period had more needs during the COVID period and translating that to to, to what we would would do in day-to-day life, The heart logic alerts, if they are positive, they are focusing our attention on a group of patients whose needs are higher. Now, there was a group of people um, who had no heart logic alerts, whether during COVID or prior to COVID. And there was a group of patients who had basically new alerts during COVID. But essentially, our data suggested that first and foremost, We should be focusing on those people who have heart logic alerts during day-to-day life because they are a more sort of fragile group or a brittle group who can have decompensations and just to keep an eye on the others and act at the same time uh, very expeditiously, expeditiously if there is a heart logic alert in that group of people.
0: So I think your description of fragile or brittle patients is actually very interesting because you're right this is a a triage tool and if you're not an alert these patients have a very 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 low hospitalization rate and in fact we've done another analysis combining heart logic And uh, NT-proBNP, so if you've got an NT-proBNP less than 1,000 picograms per mil, and you're not an alert, you just don't get admitted to hospital. And these are individuals that we can, you know, keep at arm's length, worry not about them, perhaps see them less frequently. And as you say, it's those generating alerts, these are the individuals that need to come to our attention. So it's a great triage tool in that respect. Well, I think that's all we've got time for. I would like to thank you very much for the time that you've given us uh, today. I think it's been very interesting and hopefully it's been interesting to the listeners as well, perhaps uh, giving them food for thought, encouraging them if they don't already to use heart logic, just get some experience with it. Uh, Thank you very much for your attention and thank you, Sanjeev. It's been great talking to you.
1: Thank you, Professor Gardner. And thank you to Boston Scientific for giving me the opportunity to speak to you today.